to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. Hey, everybody. Today we have Dr. Amber Johnson here with us. How are you doing, Amber? I'm good. Great. Thanks for being here. So if you don't already know Dr. Johnson, she hails from Jackson, Mississippi, and she has a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from Lemoyne Owen College, and she also attended Tougaloo College. She played basketball. She has her master's in computer science from Jackson State University. She also has a PhD in computer science from Purdue University. Not only does she hold a PhD in computer science from there, but she's the first Black woman to receive said degree from that university so we got a big deal here we get we only have stars here only stars <laughs> so she's also has worked as a software engineer at north of grumman and she's currently the chief operations officer and managing partner for the jackson tech district if that wasn't enough she is the owner of the cadult life which is a lifestyle brand for being who you are no matter where you are so welcome amber Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Great. Doing wonderful. Great. Happy to have you here. I have a lot of emotions about interviewing Amber today. Why? Because my whole family is from Mississippi. We've talked about this. Yeah, we're probably cousins. We just haven't. We, we're you know, pretty sure. I haven't asked my grandma yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's related to somebody. <laughs> Somewhere. Because my family name is Johnson Simons Dinkins. Oh, yeah, we're definitely so we're just gonna go with it. We don't even have to need to piece it out. You know, y'all related. My grandma had 15 siblings. High probability. It's a real high probability. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about this. (laughs) My my inheritance may be your inheritance. We need to discuss this. Hmm. Okay. I think we can add you. I think it's okay. So Amber, when you were growing up in Jackson, did you always know you wanted to like be in tech? Like what kinds of things were you interested in when you were young? So I actually wanted to do voiceover for cartoons. Really? I, yeah, but I didn't know that there was a job. <laughs> I just, <laughs> like I was just, I would just practice little voices at home and mimicking people. Um, so I knew I wanted to do that. Although I didn't know it was a job. I don't know. Anyway, um, I also wanted to be an architect. Mm. Those are two very different I, things. Yes, I was somehow going to build houses. Technically, three very voice, different things. Because yeah, yeah, you didn't. But I also I was gonna say you didn't do either of those and did computer science. I did. Um, I'm now doing 
voiceover for some things, but <laughs> myself, I Netflix, I'm coming, coming Netflix. Um, but no, I, I was always like curious about how things worked. So I would take things apart. My VCR, <laughs> VCR and cassette tapes and um, Not- bicycle. I was always just like, see, you was stuff. that mm-hmm. kid where it's like, you can't have nothing because you go tear it up. Well, no, I didn't, I didn't tear it up, tear it up. So I, I just, you know, I wanted to see like, you know, the inside of it. It, it still works. Oh, that's good. But, but I, yeah, I would take it apart and put it back together. But I did tear up a bunch of computers though. <laughs> So that was the beginning of the computer. But that was like LimeWare. I mean, oh, LimeWire yeah. and Kazai and, and yeah, Napster and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. Early hacker. Got it. Basically. So like did so you I, ended- the statues of limitation. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like what? But even still, I don't know what your I think it was about 20. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's not think about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But Growing up in Jackson, you likely didn't have a whole lot of resources that were tech related, right? So, oh no, definitely. Where not. did that come um, from? So I got my first computer when I was four, mm. and this was like '92. So people didn't have computers in their home just yet, and so some guy, computer dude, came over and set the computer up for my mom and left and then she just stared at it <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was paying attention and I think I was on it one day and she was looking for me and I don't know the rest is history but I taught her how to use it I think she got it to to learn how to type so the only thing she had was Mavis Beacon oh. um, the typing lessons and so this is when you had to boot up the operating system you had to type like MS-DOS or something like that so yeah i yeah, I taught myself, taught my mama. And so I didn't have like leapfrog. We didn't have leapfrog. I think that came a little later, like with my little sister. What was the little, you mm-hmm. know, computers we had with the itty bitty screen, leapfrog. the little laptop? That was I know leapfrog might be the company. I'm not, I know there's an mm-hmm. educational software company. But yeah, that was yeah, before. So I, had I, was, that. I could read at that point and was far off into the oh world. <laughs> not in the world. But yeah, I had I had that, and um, my mom was always she always bought me gadgets, so I had video games and stuff like that. So I was always interested in like techie stuff. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, same here. I was always I tore apart stuff, but not the VCR. I wasn't that brave, but same kind of thing, like all the little gadgets and gizmos and stuff. So what about high school? Like, did you do like any special programs in high school that led you towards tech or computing? Absolutely not. The closest thing I had was my TI-84 calculator mm-hmm. that um, I could program, if you mm-hmm. remember that kind of wasn't like act like hardcore programming, but you can know, you can make little games. So it's like a little like a, you know, Mario, Super Mario Brothers kind of game on there with blocks. I still have it. <laughs> Snake. Um, yeah. Snake no, was Tetris was the one. So, that was my jam. Oh, Tetris. That's right, because it could do that. Yes. Yeah, so I, that's the closest I had. And, you know, a Game Boy, I think, that I probably wasn't playing with in high school. <laughs> mm-hmm. but nope, I did not have anything technical in high school. Any classes? Just basketball? Just basketball. That was my... That was your game. Basketball was bad. Ball is life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, had, I had basketball. But, you know... As time has gone on, I've been able to reflect on things and I really like to create. 
And so playing sports, so playing basketball, I'm able to create. So no play, like no two plays are the same. So each time you run up down the court, you have to like assess the offense and the defense and, you know, figure out how to, you know, get the ball in different places. So I was a point guard. And Mm -hmm. so I I think about that kind of thing. So I feel like I've always had like a things that were like strategy related in my life to help me like solve problems and create things. So I think that can directly be related to, you know, tech. I love that analogy. It's like a way to like break down complex problems. You got to think through the scenarios and what makes the most efficient, elegant. Yeah, you articulated solution. that so much better than me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, people don't make those connections with like basketball, and the point guard is like the yeah. perfect position to right. like use for that analogy. And you were doing it in real time, like everybody mm-hmm. else solving problems. We can sit down with a piece of paper and a calculator, and you're doing all this mental math in real time. So. Really good training yeah. there. Forget being a computer with NASA. You were a computer on a court. <laughs> the hand yes. I, you know, if any of my any of my previous coaches are out there, you know, I did make a few turnovers. But hey, you know, it doesn't matter now because I have a whole PhD and that was not related. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So you decided to go to college. What what influenced you to do that? Um, Hillman. So my, my family, pretty much most of the people in my family went to college. So my mom has a master's. Um, she majored in math for undergrad. I can't remember where her master's is in. My dad, um, my older siblings, cousins have a big sports family. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. College was just like, I don't know. You just gonna do that's it. That's what you yeah. do. Yeah. You just, that's what you do. Um, but as far as the school that I chose, I was going to Jackson state out of, out of high school. Um, that didn't happen. I really wanted to play for Jackson State. That didn't happen. And to be completely honest, the coach from Tougaloo came over one day and said, you ready to sign? And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. that's how I signed. Wow. I was, wow. I was like, I was like, well, I don't think I said I don't care. I think I was like, sure. I know I think I said I don't care. I was <laughs> okay. like, I don't care. And that's how the decision got made. <laughs> and that's how the decision was made. Oh my God. So I started at Tougaloo and I love Tougaloo. It was an amazing, you know, just family oriented campus. You know, everybody and just it's an HBCU. So, you know, and so I, I pledged Zeta, uh, Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated my sophomore year. And after my sophomore year, I transferred to Lamont Owen, which is another HBCU in Memphis. And same kind of environment, uh, very family oriented. Uh, but it's Memphis. And who doesn't love Memphis? <laughs> Great food. food, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the barbecue. It's all about yes. the barbecue. It is. It is. So, bachelor's degree in computer science. At that point, were you like, "I'm going to get this PhD"? I was not. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even tell you that I knew what a PhD was, hmm. even at that time. Like I, you know, I'd heard like doctor before or PhD, but I didn't really know what they meant. Yeah. And so, let's see. Did you go to work after? I did not. Oh. I had jobs during school. Mm-hmm. You know, I was an athlete, so, you know, I could work during the summer, but, you know, still training and stuff. So I needed to do a co-op my last year in college, and I ended up doing a research internship with Dr. Charles Bland in bioinformatics at Mississippi Valley State University. Oh, that's cool. So. Yeah. It was people don't know what co-ops are. Some people may know what an internship is, but could you like explain that a little bit more? 
I don't remember at this time. <laughs> I think it was a co-op is like you can do, go off and do an internship or a job and it count as like a course. Yeah. So you probably have to do some kind of, I don't know, write up or whatever the requirement is for your school, but you can like go and intern at the Cadillac. Yeah. Um, for a semester and then come back to school. But they usually also are a lot longer than an internship. Like internships typically happen in the summertime and co-ops are usually in like, the fall and the summer or the spring and the summer, they're much longer typically, like six months. Yeah, I think I found that out because I didn't know what a co-op was at the time. <laughs> but some kind of way I finessed it. Um, I don't know. Some kind of way I, I was able to do it for the summer. I think because of the type of, you know, co-op it was yeah. because I was doing research. So this was actually my very first time doing research. I had no idea what it was. I just knew I could go do this internship thing mm-hmm. and graduate the next year. So I did that. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. And I, I absolutely hate, hated biology. <laughs> like, I just, it was, it's just boring to me. <laughs> and so. Um, what is it to you? I actually, it's so boring. <laughs> so boring. Yeah, but I, I, I learned so much from Dr. Bland. And, you know, with bioinformatics, I still didn't like it. Still didn't like biology necessarily. And there was some, you know, kind of machine learning-ish things in there that I didn't really like. But I, I love learning. And so Dr. Bland told me about the LS MAMP program, the Lewis Stokes for Minority Participation Mississippi mm. program. I hope I said that mm-hmm. right because they gave me a lot of money. Um, but yeah, so he told me about that program at Jackson State because he asked me, you know, when you finish school, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, get a master's. I, it sounded cool. So <laughs> um, he told me about the program and, you know, school year went on and I was able, actually able to go to my first research conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all in one year. Wow. And I won first place wow. in the poster conference. I know I was sitting at the table. So I, here I am. <laughs> A little bitty, itty bitty Lemoyne with an enrollment of about 800. And, you know, this conference has University of Tennessee, Knoxville and MTSU and TSU, like all the all the SUs. (laughs) And I'm from the small liberal arts school. And so I was just happy to be there, just happy to be amongst the number (laughs) of the people Mm -hmm. and um, ended up winning, which which you know, opened a lot of opportunities for me and, you know, just exposure. And so I ended up applying for LS MAMP after almost not applying and getting in. And that's how I, you know, started my master's program. And so the LS MAMP program is actually called LS MAMP Brief to the Doctorate. Mm-hmm. So they prepare you for the PhD. That's nice. I was a Bridge to yeah. the Doctorate student at the University of Florida. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So... I mean, for us, we got to have like this whole cohort model built in. I actually just went to a wedding of one of my cohort members um, and oh we're besties. Nice. Hi, Ajwa. So <laughs> yeah, we, um, we formed some pretty strong friendships as a result of that. And it was cool. Like you get professional development, you get to really learn what the PhD is like, but you also get money. So that's the part that I think a lot of people think you go to graduate school and you pay for it. Right. And you don't have to. Right. There's money out there that you can apply for and get and that can cover your entire 
degree. Yeah. Every time I talk to undergrads about that, they're like, I already have loans. I need to start paying them off. And I'm like, that is the wrong mindset. Number one, you can yeah. defer while you're still in school. Mm-hmm. And then you can set yourself out to come, set yourself up to come out with more money to pay it down even faster when mm-hmm. you're done. So, yeah, that's definitely one myth that I wish more people didn't believe, you know, that you have to pay for grad school, pay so much for grad school. Because for most people, especially if you're a woman and you're a person of color, like, or a person of color, like, people are they are programmed specifically to get you into mm-hmm. the grad and school. or yes and or yeah and not and to also I think there are some programs where while in grad school you can do like internships mm-hmm. or research that will pay off your mm-hmm. loans so I know I think there's one for education I think there's one for cybersecurity where if you go and work you know you do research and this you know these different companies sponsor you or fund your your PhD then you know work for them for like two years they'll pay off all your student loans yeah yeah even um, there's different like government agencies where let's say if they pay for two years of your PhD, you just have to go work for them for two years afterwards. Mm-hmm. But they pay you to work. It's not like you, you know, have to work <laughs> there for work. free. You go work free. Right. So I feel like it's a win-win situation. Even with like Jim, like it's the same kind of way. I'm like, I'm required to have an internship for money. <laughs> yeah that's listen that's listen with my with my fellowship they were like yeah there's just a requirement that you do an internship for a summer and I was like wait a minute <laughs> so y'all telling me that you're gonna pay my tuition give me a stipend and I have to come and make money right for a summer <laughs> I don't know about if this. I must <laughs> I guess I can move some things around yeah but there's people who don't like that model because they're like I don't know if I'm gonna like working for this particular company and it's like if you don't get this money, right, you're going to learn today. Anyways. Learn to like it. So Jackson State, I know you recently went to a homecoming adventure. So I was home during Jackson State's homecoming because the Bean Pass had its third year anniversary nice. event. Yeah. So it was like a, a cool little, you know, saw stuff for both of them. A little coincidence. Yeah. You know, just a little coincidence. That's cool. That is cool. We're going to hear more about being passed later after we get more into your story. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you get to grad school, you have all this money and you immediately knew what you wanted to work on. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's still a no. That's one of my little voices. I, know, I um, like the voices. <laughs> thank you so much. So I get to Jackson state and this, this program is super amazing. So they pay for the masters and they pay for me to study abroad. So Ooh. I was able to do that for I know. Where'd you I go? Got a whole passport out of this. I went to China, okay. went to, to Beijing. It was it was it was awesome. Wow. Food was good. The people um the people were really nice. So yeah, I stayed in China for about I think about six weeks. Ooh. And then I came back and did an internship at UC Santa Barbara doing research. Um, and that was super cool because I had never been to California before and now I would love to live there. Um, but yeah, I came back to Jackson State and I think the following semester is when somebody came up to me and asked if I wanted to take a free trip to Purdue. I was like, yeah. That's so random. They were like, okay, I'll put you on this list and I'll send some more information. I was like, cool. This is one of my classmates. I knew the person. Okay. He's not a stranger. And so I go home. And I tell my grandma, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Purdue. And she was like, Purdue? Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so 
I went and looked it up and it was in Indiana. So this was a part of the, it was then called the HBI program where they would fly in um, students of color, underrepresented students, and, you know, they pay for about two or three days for you to stay on campus and meet with people in the department you want to work in. They would take you to different events and just tell you more about Purdue. And they also waived the application fee. Mm. So I knew I wanted to get a PhD at that time because I was in Ellis Mant program, which was basically grooming me to get a PhD. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of good exposure to even let me know that this is possible. Mm-hmm. And so went on this, this trip to Purdue and I remember riding in the car from the, uh, from the airport with a couple of the graduate students at, at the time. And they were asking everybody like, oh, you know, what are you going to major in? What are you all? And I was like, computer science. And I think the entire car just went silent. And somebody turned around and was like, computer science. I was like, yeah. I was like, black people don't major in computer science. I was like, what? wow. Well, it, it, but it, it wasn't one of those like, you know, oh, black people don't do computer science. It was like, it really was a red flag. Mm. <laughs> no, it was like, it was like, yeah. So people don't usually come here to major in computer science, not black people. Wow. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then they told me about um, Waketi, mm-hmm. who was the first black uh, person to graduate with a PhD in computer science from Purdue. Shout out Waketi. Happened. <laughs> Shout out to Waketi, who I finally met. I know, right? After me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, he graduated, I think two years before that. Mm. And so um, I go to campus and have a good time and meet people in the department, I actually met with the department chair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? The department chair is meeting with me to answer questions. Like, whoa. So anyway, I, I get back and I apply because the application fee was waived. And I also applied for a job which I did really well in. <laughs> I, had, I had to pass a test to get this job. So I got, I, I applied to both of these and I prayed about it. And I was like, Lord, tell me where you want me to go and let me know it's you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so um, I, I applied to Purdue, applied to the job. And one day I got the email from Purdue saying, hey, you've gotten in and we, you know, you have a fellowship for two years. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So then the job, this, this happens over the course of like two days. It may have happened the same day. But the job emails me and is like, oh, hey, we're looking for a, um, we, 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 you did great. We're looking for a place for you. Then they email back and it's like, oh, we couldn't find anything. Mm. Sorry, we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep you on our radar. Mm-hmm. But I passed the right. test. You done went through all this That you said people don't pass. To be on a radar. Oh, no. I actually shouted because I prayed about this. Lord, show me where you want me to go and let me know it's you. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, I get the fellowship for Purdue. And then I get another fellowship, which I was able to stack, um, mm-hmm. split. Yeah, I was able to stack. So so I put mine together. People, I know some people. Spread them out. You know, stay, mm-hmm. yeah, I did not. Run me my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had one fellowship for two years. I was like, can y'all spread that over six? Right. Um, so I ended up doing this. So I had two fellowships, so I, I didn't pay for my PhD either. And I was able to get a, a nice uh, stipend as well. Of course. Of course. Man, that's great. That is great. I All almost right. went on that Purdue trip when it was offered. How about you went? I didn't go on the trip. I went to visit my friends at Purdue a lot, but I didn't <laughs> okay. go on the trip. I have never been to Purdue. Oh. I've been to Indianapolis, so nice. though. 
Nice. That's the big really city. <laughs> and I really liked it. And Hades. I rode a bicycle around. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So you have this awesome funding. You're already there. And then did you immediately know what you wanted to work on or who you wanted to work with? No. <laughs> So as you see a pattern in this story, it wasn't a whole <laughs> lot of guidance. Um, you know, the, the path was already paid for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know it was there. It sounds like a whole lot of found. God. That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me. Ooh, some mm-hmm. praying grandmamas and aunties and cousins and everybody. So, um, no, I, I didn't know. So I, at this point, I still didn't really understand the PhD. I, I understood more during my master's. Um, but, but really... You don't understand until you get into all of that. Right. Because people can tell you all day. Mm-hmm. I had students that didn't know it was a qualifying exam in their first year. I'm like, I'm oh, no, sorry. I did not. Like, I didn't. I didn't. So this <laughs> I went to Purdue. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be done in three years. Who Did Where? you tell people that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, my grandma asked me every after those three years were over. She was like, I thought you was going great. See, I had no clue. Mm. I, I did not know. In year three, I did, did you know. know, though, to be like, it might be like a few Oh, months. I knew in year one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew semester one. Oh, that. goodness. No, I, I, I had no clue um, what that was going to be like. But I was like super positive and just because Purdue was like, you know, how people talk about Harvard. Whenever people say, oh, like the best school, people say Harvard. Purdue. Purdue was was like Harvard, my Harvard. Mm-hmm. And so I was super people would be like, you know, why did you go to why did you come to Purdue? Or like you, you know, like people who are from Indiana or mm. you know, why did you come to Purdue? You could have gone to other schools. And I'm like, "What? It's Purdue. Are you kidding me? Purdue right. is amazing and they're ranked in the country and the world and all this." Yeah, I didn't know that uh I was going to struggle the way that <laughs> I did. Um no, so I, I did not know who I wanted to work with. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, in, my, in my master's at Jackson State, I worked on, ooh, child, it's been so long, multi-touch devices. Mm-hmm. So I was working on different, uh, what do you call them? Interfaces? Gestures. Oh, yeah. gestures. Gestures for different inter- interfaces. And I knew I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I knew I, I, I thought I wanted to do something in cloud computing. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, so that's that's what I, I went into. And I didn't even have, I didn't know who I wanted to work. I didn't know you were supposed to choose an advisor, mm. like choose a person you wanted to work with. I, I didn't know. I have questions, but keep going. Yeah. Please <laughs> ask them. Well, like um, in your bridge to the doctorate program. So, yes. So I was, I, I they, okay. I was the only computer scientist in the program. Okay. And so most of the students in the program were like biology. It was a lot of the natural sciences. So a lot of focus were on those students. So they only get a couple of computer science students a year, which the professors are kind of like, oh, okay. They, they just agree to be a part of mm-hmm. the bridge of the doctorate. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the biology professors and chemistry professors sit on like, you know, the board or panels, or whatever for the bridge to the doctorate program. So they are like really, really a part of it. So they're more like bench lab focused type work and not really like experimentalists. Yeah. I mean, so, so engine, so, so engineering kind of gets, they don't get as much, like we get the money, Mm -hmm. like we have engineering students, but the people who actually like sit on, you know, the selection committee and uh, who come in, who sit in on meetings and stuff, most of those 
professors are in the natural sciences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and with that, they're a lot more hands-on mm-hmm. at Jackson State. And that, you know, they were working one on, you know, working okay. in labs and stuff with their advisor. Whereas computer science and, and engineering, you kind of have your like independent projects. And you also have to remember Jackson State is not an R1 institution mm-hmm, either. Mm-hmm. So it looked a whole lot different um, mm-hmm. than Purdue, which is an R1 institution. So I, yeah, I had a different kind of experience. Um, yeah, but I definitely found out. So I get to Purdue and they, you know, I was assigned a professor uh advisor and yeah it, it was <laughs> it was a mix it was match an experience oh oh my between dear. interests <laughs> and research life and, and, yeah, okay yeah mm-hmm. it happens yeah. yeah all the things and so you knew but that actually, wasn't I remember. it basically oh no i i knew well mm, yeah i i kind of from other people so I had friends who were in, you know, other engineering disciplines because the computer science department is under the school of science. Yeah. So it is not engineering at Purdue. Mm. And I had friends in different departments, ag and food science or wherever. And, you know, I knew their relationships with their department, with their advisors. And I was like, oh, so y'all have like meetings where y'all talk about research. My meetings were talking about my hair. Oh, yeah yeah but what actually helped me was you know my my then advisor told me um when they were talking and she says because all of our meetings were about my hair and she was like you know maybe the phd isn't for you maybe you should you know have you thought about industry you know even if you and so i was like hmm i was like oh no i'm getting this phd and she was like you know even if you you know you're able to pass the qualifying exams you still have to (laughs) you're making all the noise over there (laughs) i needed you sitting in the background jeremy Mm. um but she's like you know even if you pass the qualifying exams you still have to you know do your proposal qual two and you won't get passed in the research Mm -mm. so many things many things helped me but in that moment even though i was pretty down just even before going to our office I hadn't talked to her about any of my struggles at all. Wow. But the, and I was like, I was looking at her like, lady, like you don't even fund me. And you don't know I me. I have my own funding <laughs> and you don't know me, but that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I did feel like, I was like, dang, like, I don't know if, if I'm a, but when she said that, I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> like, contrary, like, like, sis, like, oh, you said if, okay, I'm a get it. Oh, I'm oh sis, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know that I didn't have books in high school. Mm. We didn't have book. We, we barely had books in my high school. And you just told me, I, me, that I cannot get this PhD. Oh, you thought so? Did I actually wrote that? I did mm. some some being Mary Jane stuff and wrote this on a sticker, sticky mm. note, and put it on my my uh my bathroom mirror. Oh wow! I remember also reading an article about Kyla. Oh, so during this time, I you know I was like looking for anything to connect to, just kind of like you know black people PhDs, just trying to find. So I needed something like you know to know some other black folks had done this to know some. And so I found I found several things, um, and one of the things I I stumbled across an article with with Kyla, and she um, mentioned the same thing where her advisor or professor told her, you know, the PhD wasn't for her or she couldn't do it or something. And then I think Kyla had just graduated, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? She she just she just so I so I like took like Kyla was like I didn't know her yet, but she was like, man, like 
Like how I used to put Diana Taurasi on my wall. Like, it would have been weird, but I didn't have Aww. a picture of Kyla. But I like so what, Jeremy. I don't know if you know this, but I the uh, I was walking. I was at Grace Hopper's. Yep, must have been like in 2015. Phoenix in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and I just left like a Google party or something. I'm walking down the streets like 1 a.m. and we're, I'm just walking, talking mm, to my friends. Sounds friend. like up, a Kyla like, moment. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You, you're Kyla McMullen. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, you're Kyla McMullen. And I kid you not, I started crying. I started tearing up. Oh, tears up. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. She was like, it's okay. It's okay. And she hugged me. I was like, you just, oh. you don't even know. <laughs> she is so sweet. Oh and gosh! Then she gave then she gave me her number and never never uh, responded no, to any of my texts for two years. But no, no, anyway, no. we're here now. No, listen, I'll I realized why, <laughs> and I'll tell you that off camera. It was mistaken identity, but oh, I will, oh lord, I will tell oh, you lord. that later. But the funny thing is, I was with my cousin, who's an actual actor, and I was in town, and I just came from his show, and he's like, "I'm the one that just got off stage, and people were recognizing you in the street." I'm like, oh. Just saying, need to be Kyla. Yeah, they were definitely being cousins and like <laughs> cracking jokes in the background, like, "Oh, you're Kyla." Oh, <laughs> but I was, I was like, like that. Yeah, I was like, I th- but the thing is, I think before that, no, I don't, I don't think. No, yeah, yeah, anyway, I'm walking. This so one a.m. I'm walking down the the street and I see Kyla and we. She hugs me and I'm crying. I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. You just like, don't you even know. And, yep, <laughs> exactly. And she was like, "Here, take my number. I'm a, you know, call me whatever you need." So I'm just crying. Like, Kyla gave me her number. And I'm telling my friends, and they they like, "What? Who? I don't. I have. I don't understand what's happening." Um, but yeah, it was it was, and I have several moments like that with Jamika. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mm-hmm. moments like that with with several other people who, you know, once once we met, it was like. I would, yeah, we did. They're in my life forever. Yeah, that's Very beautiful. Easily. So that really helped propel you and gave you the motivation to keep going. Oh yeah, I mean, I think you know, like I said, I I know the Lord put me on that path. I didn't know at the time why, mm-hmm. but you know, there were so many things along the way that was like, okay, you good, you you got it, like. You know, even when it was like, you know, some of the darkest moments or I felt like I always knew I didn't I'm not gonna say I always knew I was going to finish. I know I was there for a purpose yeah. and I knew God had a plan for that. And so people ask me, you know, did you think you were like, did you ever want to give up? I was like, no, because I mean, I, Lord, you sent me here like you what you what you doing now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I knew I had I knew because when people ask, you know, why did, why are you getting a Ph.D.? My truth, my, you know, my truth is that I prayed about it and the Lord told me to go to Purdue. And so that's what I did. So I didn't know. I didn't, wasn't five and like, yeah, I'm going to get to Because <laughs> there are people like that. I don't know yeah, how. I was not. <laughs> Looks the other way. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's most of our stories though. Like when I think about all the conversations we've had with PhDs in computer science, they kind of sound the same where it's like, "Mm, wasn't necessarily trying to go down this path, but since I'm here, right. (laughs) And I have decided Mm -hmm. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this in spite of, because of whatever the case may be is, is happening. So I love that, you know, 
you found reasons to continue and to push through the hard spots because there's hard spots in everything that we do and something has to motivate us but I, I would say that I didn't find those things mm-hmm. those things found mm-hmm. me so um you know I, I talked about Jamika and I always say you know Jamika and I, I met her at Grace Hopper I think and we sat down on the couch we were on our way to another you know event or something at the conference we sat down ended up talking for like two hours I'm crying she crying and we laughing and then we crying and, and when that was over she was like she gave me her number and was like whenever you you know I'm here whenever you need me I will fly you out to DC Aww. whatever and I was like and I'm crying again <laughs> <laughs> I um I met when I was oh this was a really tough time I was like oh yeah I'm definitely getting kicked out of school now. <laughs> Um, it was after like a a, it was a final and I was like yep Mm -hmm. I definitely Mm -hmm. failed it and um uh, about a month before then or two months before then John Carlos the 1968 Olympic runner um came to Purdue and spoke and it was like some like backwoods Baptist church thing because I'm in the (laughs) I'm in the crowd like yes um and so like a revival it was no that's exactly what it was it was is that I'm sitting there, I'm like, he said something like, you know, pick up the ball and dribble. Because the whole time, everything he's saying, I'm feeling it. And so, you know, doing q and I stood up and I'm like, you were talking to me. Because he was like, if I, you know, every time I speak, I want to, if I can touch one person. So anyway, afterwards, I go up and I talk to him. And he's like, you know, we, we talked for a while. And he said, and I said, I had your, I had your, um your screensaver, your picture on my phone. It's like, what, you know, I said, once I, you know, graduate, get a job, whatever, I'm gonna buy the poster and put it on my, <laughs> on my wall. Cause this is one of the things as I was looking up people, like it gave me motivation. And so he was like, tell you what, he's like, I'll, he's like, I'll send you a, a poster. And I was like, oh. I was like, what? You gonna send me a poster? He did me like a whole granddaddy. He was Aww. like, didn't I just, <laughs> he was like, I was like, yes, 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 you did say that, sir. Um, but anyway, so fast forward two months from then, I was sitting in my office and I just like totally bombed this, this final. And I get a call. Don't know how did you get my number? But he's like, Hey, I have a package for you. I'm like, okay. Anyway, dude comes to my office and he hands me this, uh, rolled up thing from the post office. So I pull it out. And when I start to pull it out and I see it, I just immediately just start. And I open it up and it is a signed poster from John Carlos. Wow. So, so in the moment where I'm like, you know, I'm definitely getting kicked out of school now. And kid you not, a few minutes later, you know, I get this call and this guy walks in with this poster from John Carlos. Wow. And I'm like, so it, it was so many of those moments that it sounds so wild that, you know, moments later, <laughs> I'm like, God, you got to do something. God's like, all right, well, let me show you. (laughs) And here we are. Here for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Yes. Now that is awesome. That is awesome. So I feel like we've learned a lot about how you got to the PhD process, which is a very interesting nonlinear path. But I mean, when you got to grad school and started this PhD thing and finally figured out the stuff, you had to do some research to get out. So what was that about? What was that like? That was definitely a very squiggly line. (laughs) (laughs) I, so I started out doing research in cloud computing and then I went to vehicle to vehicle communication. Mm -hmm. So working with autonomous vehicles and it was really cool. I had some really cool ideas, um, which I still don't think have been done yet. 
but I wasn't, my heart wasn't really in it, but I kind of decided, okay, I can do this and get a PhD from this. I can, you know, looking back, I'm so happy that I did not, cause I would have been miserable, but, um, so I was working on that and my aunt passed away my second year at Purdue, mm-hmm. um, just before my second year. And so she passed away from COPD and that's uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Mm-hmm. So she was actually diagnosed the year before I was born. So my entire life, you know, her being in and out of the hospital, eventually having to, you know, carry oxygen around 24 hours a day. That was my norm. So I didn't really like it never registered to me that she was like very sickly. So anyway, she, um, you know, we were very, my family was very close. So I was talking to her the night that she passed away, like every night. And Mm. she was trying to get me to come home. I didn't know why at the time, but um, I I I didn't tell her I was going home the next week. But she was like, you know, trying to get me. She was like, oh, well, you can go to Jackson State. Why, you know, you. And I was like, ah, no, Purdue is, you know, Purdue is, I'm almost done. Purdue is, you know, all this, whatever. And so, you know, I went to um, Jackson State, didn't have a PhD. I think they had just started the PhD program. Anyway, so. She was like, well, maybe you can do some of that computer stuff to help me breathe. And I was like, yeah, I'll build you a mechanical lung. And like, so we kind of like laughed about it. And then she died. And so um, mm-hmm. I went home like the next day and I I didn't get back to campus. I think classes started on Tuesday. I got back to campus that Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I got back to Purdue and basically went straight to classes and, you know, went back to my research and somewhere in there I was talking to one of my professors and I let me go back shortly before that 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 same summer I was diagnosed with ADHD so yeah I was 25 and found out that I had ADHD and so that so I was also dealing with that and so anyway I go back to campus and I wanted to do something with you know ADHD and like something with technology to help meet myself and other people like you know focus and better organize I had these ideas about using smart watches and stuff and so then I also had an also had an idea about um health and putting health in it and so I I like wrote these two proposals I don't know where they were going y'all but I wrote them I don't know who I was sending these to <laughs> somebody was, Look, gonna, somebody read was gonna read it so I made these and I, I made one about COPD because I, I I learned all this stuff about it, and I was like whoa like this is a killing a lot of people I didn't know that she was so wow when she had that oxygen it was so there are four stages of this and you basically die like your body is just your your lungs are like deteriorating mm-hmm. and you are going to die wow. and so um so anyway, I was talking to a professor and I was like you know talking about research said what what do you really want to do and I was like well I have this idea for ADHD and 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 I you know, I also had this idea for COPD I was like yeah but you know maybe I'll do that after I graduate or something he was like no I think you should um, reach out to Ridgeland Street Health uh, Center, which is at Purdue. And, you know, they are always looking for projects. And so I was like, hmm. So in that moment, I'm sitting in his office, and he's talking. And I see him talking. I hear him talking. But the Lord spoke to me again and said, you're going to work on COPD. And I was like, and so then I heard Monty say it again, you, maybe you could build something to help you breathe. So fighting back tears, wow. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Okay, I know. Like Phoenix and Fire was like, I know what we're gonna do today. And so um basically reached out to them because when I had the idea, I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I don't have any funding for this. I don't have data. I don't have doctors. I don't look. And so I ended up talking to them 
and they were like, we have data, we have doctors, we have, and I was like, oh, okay, God, I see you. Um, and so <laughs> I ended up working with them and piloting my own research and leading the team. So the director at the time worked with me as well as um, one of the data scientists on the team. Um, I was introduced to some doctors in Indiana at IU Health. So like Ooh. everything just... And then they were like, oh, we have data. I just, I mean, everything. And so um, I was working on this. So that, that's how I ended up um, working on my dissertation research. And when I tell you I loved every moment, even when I couldn't figure things out, when I had that dang on equation that I was working on for months and <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch with my, with my now husband, but I'm sitting on the couch with him. <laughs> And he's like, you know, just take a break. I'm like, no, I need to graduate. I need to. He's like, well, well, what's going on with it? And I was like, well, he's like, show me what you're doing. I kid y'all. I kid y'all not. Y'all, he, it was something like I was accessing a, an index as opposed to a value. And that's why I was, mm. I had been doing this for months. Anyway. So, yeah. So, oh, no. changed that and it worked. And then I graduated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Thank you Thanks, so Jeff. much, babe. I think he just really wanted me to graduate. Mm. Um. But no, I, you know, so that, that, so I, I'm so happy looking back that I did not work on B2B. I mean, it was, it was really cool, but I really wanted to do something because you, you know, y'all know, I like people, like I love people. I love, you know, yeah, just being involved. So that didn't really give me the, the satisfaction. And so being able to work on, you know, build something for chronic illnesses that could really save lives and help people and, you know, even, you know, every day, like, I can't even explain it. Like every, I, I was excited to get up and work on it. it and I, I think a part of it, I felt like, you know, I was closer and closer to my aunt. And um, so, yeah. So that was are you research. allowed to talk about what the method that you developed does? Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so when I get the, when I got the data, I was like, I tried to learn everything, you know, cause like I want to show up to the doctors, not that I wanted to know everything, but like, you know, I, I didn't want to waste anybody's time and all this. So like I learned all the things and I get the data and I'm like, wow, like I can't understand this. I'm thinking maybe it's me cause I'm not a doc, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of medical doctor. <laughs> and so I, I get the data and I, I'm like, well, I don't understand this. So I like build something so I can see the data. Well, I tried all these different tools that are out there. They didn't, none of them did what I wanted them to. So I'm like, all right, I built something so I can see the data. And then I did something, built something to visualize it. And so I was, I, I created a tool where you can visualize a person's entire hospital stay. Mm. So every single thing that happens, um, all their vital signs using electronic health wow. records. And it also like shows you like, you know, when they ate, when they were given uh, medications, when they were admitted and discharged. I built this. And so I, the first, I think the, like the second time I met with the doctor, I don't know if it's the first time I met with the doctor, I was like, I was asking questions and she was like, oh, you, you actually, you, like, are you, have, did you study medicine? And I was like, no. She was like, you know a lot. And I was like, oh, I do. Um, so anyway, I was like showing her something on my computer and I was like, yeah. So for instance, if you look here and she was like, wait, what are you, what are you using? And I was like, my computer. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, no, what, what is, what? she was like, no, what is this? And I was like, I was like. Uh, I just like a little, just a little something like, on my software throw together. I was like, oh, I was just, like, just a little, a little I was like, oh, I just did something I built so I can see the data. She was like, wait, you built this? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't understand it. So she was like, wow. so you need to sell this. Like people will pay for this. And I was wow. like, what? And she was like, yeah, like we don't have anything like this. And I was like, 
Okay, true, but I'm trying to get this PhD. So right. you just yeah. tell me what. <laughs> so that that was the first tool that right. I created. And so one of the things I looked at was um, COPD is it's been around for a while, but not a, a very long time. So there's not a whole lot of information um, about you know, you know, like exacerbations happen, a lot of in, um, co-founding factors, um, outside things impact a person's health who has COPD. And so I was like, wait, we have all of this data. Like we have years and years of electronic health records. We have environmental data. Like why can't we put all this stuff together and figure out something? Like, like if somebody shows up with COPD, it's like, oh, okay, well, let's start treating you. It's like, well, how about we see their history and mm-hmm. see where this, see if we can figure out where it came from. So anyway, um, so I was looking at the guidelines and I was like, I noticed that there, it was only like a few things of, a few suggestions about how to treat someone who has been hospitalized with COPD uh, with an acute exacerbation. So my aunt was actually in the ICU when she died. Um, and so anyway, I was mm-hmm. like, what? Like, like wow like so y'all didn't know how to treat her like what do you mean like y'all got like three things on this guideline and so i was like well you know what if we can use data to create it to create guidelines so so you know take the expert opinion so i i looked up how um the guidelines were created so you take all these doctors and a couple times a year they look at these papers and stuff and go okay that's a suggestion i'm like what well y'all got all this data so anyway built this other tool um with uh, a simulation tool to take all the, the electronic healthcare record and, um, you know, make predictions on like, if, you know, if you give a patient antibiotics or you give them a different, another kind of drug, steroid or whatever, um, how it would impact their hospital stay. That's a very long answer, but. No, that's amazing. I was just going to say, like, I think, first of all, the context is wonderful. For you to not lose people, if you had to give an elevator pitch for what you just told me, what would it sound like? I built this tool running my money. No, <laughs> <laughs> no so I, I built, I built a, a tool that will allow you to visualize a full electronic health record, so a patient's entire um, health history, as well as make predictions on what to you know how to treat the patient um and so this can be used for any chronic disease mm-hmm. yes so is this like machine learning models remember when i said my data? very first research internship had a little bit of like you know data and, yep, and i you see how it, you see you see how it, see, it all worked i was going to say it. that and i thought you were going to get there it. i was like i was like the whole time when i realized i was like i want to do machine learning <laughs> No biology. I was like, but I'm here. Okay, we here. But you learned from um, it. You learned from it, and you did the stuff that actually mattered to you with it. Because the other stuff you didn't need. That was yeah. stuff you could have filtered out. Yeah, you didn't care about that stuff. Like when it had a purpose, it's like, oh, okay, and now I know what I need exactly. to do. Exactly. So you asked. I, I so I worked. I did some. Um, came up with an algorithm and equation to make uh, to build my models using time series data, which is super hard to do. Um, because like continuous time data and so it's it's so amazing I I love that this is why like I love love we all think in a different way and this is why diversity matters because I was looking at these papers and I was like they were like oh yeah and this is hard you have to do time like this and I was like well what if but what if I did something super simple 
because mm. I'm not a mathematician. And I did something super simple, and I was like, mm, I feel like this can work. And I was talking to a mathematician. They were like, I don't know about that. I was like, well, I'm going to try it. And um, so I tried and it, worked. and it worked. It worked. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. So, so Markov chains and uh, mm-hmm. Markov chains. What's the other one, child? Got a whole doctorate off of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a whole doctorate. A whole. Tell them to read the uh, dissertation. Yeah, they can read the dissertation. And read my dissertation. Yeah, read the dissertation. And if you know anybody at Epic or even Amazon that would like to buy this, let me know. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is really cool. That is really cool. So. You finish and then all of a sudden you're like, I know exactly what I want to do now because you've created this tool. I can mm-hmm. see you, you know, going into to market with this, you know, and getting your, having them run you your money. So how did you decide, like, what led you to what you did immediately after the PhD? So no, again, no. <laughs> it's, I keep setting you up for these answers, but I know the answer <laughs> is no. So it's a no. <laughs> so right after I, I would have, I, I would have loved to, um, you know, patent what I created, which I actually tried, and I, I still think it's is, I still think it's patentable, patentable, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's able to be patented. Um, but I, after I graduated from Purdue, I took some time off because yes, okay. And then I worked for Northrop Grumman for a while and I did not want to work there before I started, but I did. And really it kind of came about because during the time, the equation I was trying to figure out, it was a time that I like went on this interview weekend with them and I hadn't thought about a job because I was like, I'm just trying to, because which I think happens with a lot of PhDs, we get to the point where at the end we're like, I figure out a job later. I'm just trying to finish, and so that's where I was, right. and so um, went on to be in the Future Technical Leaders Program at Northrop, which is a really, really great program and a rotational program. And so I would be able to rotate to three different on um, three different projects uh, or more if I wanted in the company over three years. And yeah, but I I knew in my heart that I did not want to do that, but I did. And so (laughs) after about a year of not being, you know, fulfilled with it, um, during, during, actually right after I graduated, I started the Cadult Life. And so, um, the Cadult Life is a lifestyle brand. It encourages people to be who you are no matter where you are. And so I created this after becoming the first black woman to earn a PhD in computer science from Purdue. And it was mainly based off my experiences and who I am. So I am a whole child. Um, I'm a big kid, absolute big kid. And, you know, I was my whole self at Purdue. So I took my entire self into that space and, you know, I decided not to code switch. I mean, there's some code switching we do just in, you know, with your mama, with your friends, with your boo. Right. But, but like the, we know the code switching I'm talking about. Yes, so we do. I, yeah, I, I decided to be me. And so I was thinking about that in, you know, kids are who they are. Like kids are going to be kids no matter what. And so I was like, why can't we like, why don't we be like kids? Like, you know, we get to this point where society, you know, we kind of try to live up to what society says, who we should be and all that. And so I created the adult life. So adult is like kid and adult. And so, you know, I started the adult life and it started off with apparel and I was doing that along with Northrop and went through a whole journey 
it was a journey y'all um and (laughs) and decided to leave northrop and um you know work on the adult life full-time and it was an amazing experience that's really cool. She just came out with this. Yeah, she just came out with this shirt that I really like that I haven't bought yet because my life is <laughs> a whole mess and I will be buying it <laughs> if it is in stock. Oh, but yes. yeah, like check it out because there's also little people things. There, there are absolute little people things. And I'm going to have more things. I'm actually moving towards some um, some coloring books. <gasps> Black Girls Color. Yeah, Black yeah, Girls yeah. Color. Black Girls Color is coming Wait, yes, Black Girls Color is coming. We, come, we bring in Black Girls Color, um, and so that's a whole another segment, mm-hmm. y'all. But but yeah, so I'm I'm also um, back to the you know doing voiceover. I you know last year I kind of taught myself YouTube University ish um, how to create animations, <laughs> and so oh, you know nice. that's another area that I'm moving to with the Kadot Life. So exciting. I've seen some of them, and I'm just like, you are a whole clown. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be happy to be a voice of something. I'm so happy that you said that. As long as it has Um, sarcasm throughout its existence. Like, I mean, you've made The dark kind, though. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that kind. Just like the kind where you're just like, are they going to take me out of this world or not? Yeah. Okay. We're going to let you be a villain of some sort, because. I was gonna say I could see Jeremy being yeah. a good villain. I'm happy that you are are absolutely, um, you know, volunteering to do. I this. am who I am. I no matter not... where I am. Come mm. on, come on, come on. Yeah, we got you have microphones. Yeah, yes, please. Okay, that it's it's a wrap. That's it. <laughs> I got a whole other resume. You can see it. Um. Anyways, mm. so you make a whole company that's not the company that you made like basically with your phd work (laughs) and you're like i don't need this corporate america life i want something different but now you're doing something else different yeah i'm doing a couple of things a couple so first of all i I do yeah i do want to say i had a, a really great support system so my husband is the most one of the most amazing people in this entire world shout out to husbands and mm-hmm. shout Aww. out to bay dr bay and Aww. he was you know he was the one that told me before i started like you know you don't have to go mm-hmm. and i was like bro like i absolutely have mm-hmm. to go and he was like no you don't have to go so it, he was you know when i told him i wanted to quit when i finally let the words come out of my mouth he was like okay <laughs> And he turned he, he turned and like wow. and kept typing on his computer and i was like no he picked up his computer and i was like what are you doing he was like run your resignation letter and i was like whoa whoa i just said wow. i wanted to quit like two minutes i didn't even you ain't even let me get right. it um and so That's then all, all the other people around me so so you know i just want to thank thank everybody just thank god for the people who my village who, who always lift me up um so i so i, I working on a adult life and you know, some great things have happened with that and continue to happen. I'm now available on Amazon. <laughs> um, and so hey. I then started working with uh, the Bean Path. So I've been working with the Bean Path here and there uh, over the years. And the Bean Path is a uh, 501c3 nonprofit based out of Jackson, Mississippi, my hometown, uh, founded by Dr. Nashley Cephas. 
And the bean path is created to provide, to sow seeds and and provide free technical, you know, advice and expertise to the Jackson community. Mm -hmm. And so we will meet at local libraries um, one Saturday out of the month and just help people with their tech issues. So, you know, as a techie, you are the, you know, you fix the the Comcast, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you fix the cable, you fix the remotes, eyeglasses, anything that may seem, you know, so we basically... My computer ain't here. <laughs> so what is that part? My computer that is that part. Putin. And Come so the, look, so this is a real thing. And so we did. So the bean pass mm. was created to do that, but for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so this was, and this was all free. And so um, Dr. National, who was also from Jackson, um, has a PhD from Georgia Tech in computer engineering. Um, we actually known each other since childhood. And so she decided, okay, we exceeded the capacity of the library. Um, it's probably closed at like four o'clock. Um, and so she was like, okay, let's buy a building. <laughs> and so she went to buy a building and ended up buying 14 acres of land, um, which we're right. now turning into the Jackson <laughs> Tech District, which is a live, work, play, um, mixed use um, development. It's a $150 million project that we're creating. And so um, we're going to have the bean path is going to be headquartered wow. there and it's going to have an innovation station with maker's space and food hall and um, condos and apartments and a grocery is, store. Okay. We got to come, really come visit. Obviously yeah. talk yeah. about yeah. We gotta come barbecue. Visit. Oh yeah. Right this, around this the whole corner thing. Right. downtown from where they building stuff. Yeah. Jackson state is about a half a mile mm-hmm. away. So it's, it's in downtown. So, yep. Um, it's a half a mile away from Jackson State, less than a mile away from the medical district and the business district. So, like, is it, it's an amazing space. Is it near, like, the convention center? It is. It's at less than half a mile from mm-hmm. the convention center. Yep. Wow. This is so important. So, what is the overall, like, goal for this tech space? It is to, you know, bring access and opportunities to, you know, communities in, in Mississippi and, you know, tech is for everyone, no matter what we see, the biases we see um, in artificial intelligence and in our, in our technology as a whole, um, the lack of opportunities and access to different communities. We want to bridge that gap across the state of Mississippi. And so, you know, it started out as just meeting up at a library, helping people with their iPhones and, you know, teaching a couple of people how to code if they like to to you know this 14 acres seven almost 800,000 square feet of space um, where people can come and get this same opportunity to have access to you know startup companies um, big businesses you know tech firms and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of tech talent in Mississippi but the brain drain is real so a lot Mm. of people end up leaving Mississippi to go and work for larger companies because they don't, they're not, you know, they're not housed in Mississippi. And so, you know, this is, this is kind of, you know, started as a, as a tech thing, but to bring a space for, you know, you can, you can come in and get everything. So, um, there's a, uh, what is it called? A food desert. Jackson is a, is a food desert, mm-hmm. many areas, food swamp. And so bringing the grocery store there that, you know, will have people will have fresh um, access to fresh foods, having an event space, having a dog park. Because, I mean, we like yoga and so walking dogs. I mean, Mississippi, people <laughs> in Mississippi, we like yoga, I think. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, bringing <laughs> fine dining, bringing um, just just a lot of opportunity um, and just really showing what Mississippi is and can be. 
Yeah, I really love that. I I would go visit my parents in the Standard Life Building downtown all the time, and half a mile from there's that. like there's not a lot of stuff in that area. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, ENL's Barbecue, hundred percent, go there, eat some food. But like, <laughs> where do you get groceries? Where do you do that stuff? Yeah. You have to have a car and be able to drive exactly. somewhere to really find something. So I love that you're doing that for that community. Yeah, it's all all Nashley's. Um, she she laid the foundation, laid the put the vision out there, and so I'm just really thankful to, um, you know, have her. You know, she added me to this team, so. That's awesome. And the fact that the two of you, like you've known each other from growing up, like that's just amazing. I think you guys guys were on like a panel for something together, some virtual panel I watched and I was like, whatever they are doing, (laughs) sign me up and I need to be part of it. So we were actually debating whether Mm -hmm. or not to have both of you on here together or, um, but we want to do individuals. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely can come back. The two of us. um, We love to talk to you. (laughs) Yes. No, but it's, I don't even know where she gets just the, like, just the, the courage, vision. the sight, the foresight, mm-hmm. like, the vision, like, it's amazing, like, to just, I, I can't wait, whatever we can do to help or, you know, spread the word, all those things. And she was of part things. of Black like, Girls Color, it's so. That. Black Girls Color. Mm-hmm. She was in Black Girls <laughs> Color. <laughs> well, is there it. anything else that you think we should highlight about your story that would inspire someone like you? to maybe think about a career in computing? I think one of the things about just tech and computing, it seems so foreign to people. Um, even though we use our you know, tech devices every day, all day. Um, as I said previously with basketball, just thinking about like, as you said, solving problems in real time, that's what tech is. Just providing, creating tools mm-hmm to solve problems, to make things, you know, run more efficiently or to help us out. And so, you know, one of the things I teach when I'm, I'm teaching kids how to code, you know, we, we do real stuff. So when I'm teaching for loops, we get up and we play musical chairs, <laughs> listening to trap music. Oh, that's yeah, a we good play, one. We listen to trap music and play musical chairs. We, I was going to say specifically you know, trap music. Specifically <laughs> trap music. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we, some John Peaky in there too, but you know, I think, um, one of the things I'm, I'm actually working on something now with, with building an ecosystem, um, to, you know, provide opportunities to people, um, to get into tech, but I think, you know, reimagining it, redefining what that looks like, because a lot of times we're taught this like cookie cutter, this is how you code it. This is what tech is and what it looks like. And we we really do buy into that. I mean, cause it's what we're taught. Yeah. And so really, really taking a step back and like you use tech concepts every day, all day. When you go to the grocery store, you look for the shortest line. Mm-hmm. You look for the quickest, you know, cashier. You look at how to optimize your life every single day. Mm-hmm. And that is what we do with technology. That's so true. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, you're saying what I, I see on my face. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Amber, where can they find you on the interwebs, you and the things that you are associated with and affiliated with? I am call me Rudy (laughs) on Instagram. I call me Rudy on Twitter. Also the Cadult Life on all platforms. And you can also follow the Jackson Tech District. So it's J-X-N-T-E-C-H-D. 
D-I-S-T-R-I-C-T. Spelling champion, 1994. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> Tell us that. Tell them. Um, no, so yeah, and also Bean Path. So the Bean Path, um, the Bean Path um, on all platforms. You can also visit thebeanpath.org. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or just Google. Yeah. Just Google Amber Johnson, Purdue. Don't. Amber yeah, don't M. just Google Johnson. Amber Johnson. Because there's a lot of Amber Johnson. Some might be related to me. <laughs> Some might not. Me. Right. Like the one on this call. We're we're definitely cousins. (laughs) I'm so excited that we got to interview you and hear more about your story. It really puts a lot more perspective in like a lot of the conversations that we've had over the years. Because I don't know when we met. It was at somebody's conference. And I just, you have such a light in you that radiates far further than you know so thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast and really share your story it means a lot yeah thank you so much because you could have been doing anything else right now besides hooking up equipment and talking to us she was we appreciate it i appreciate y'all i y'all don't when i when y'all first started i was like i can't wait i can't wait that they call my number so i can be on the podcast i I really do. do I really do love the two of you. Y'all oh, yeah. the, the dynamic. And then I just think y'all are amazing people aside from, you know, your, your, um, titles and all that. I, y'all just fun people to be around. So I would, you mm-hmm. know, we can do this Likewise. anytime. Sounds good to me. Oh yes. Oh yes. Be careful <laughs> what you ask for. Cause we do sometimes do like mm-hmm. ask just us send, episodes. Send me so, snacks. You know, send me snacks. <laughs> we'll see if mm-hmm. we can arrange the snacks. Okay. Bye. Yeah, thank you. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.